Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today we've got a great uniform dress code malicious compliance story. We'll get to that in a bit, but first... You want me to make a patient stay late so you can skip work during the snow? And you refuse to stay late? Fine, now you have to stay late every day. I feel like everything I write turns into a novel. Anyways, this one has a satisfying ending. I hope you enjoy. Once upon a time, I worked in a research hospital coordinating drug studies. This one's going to go against the grain of some of the stories here. When you work in healthcare, following the written laws and rules to the letter is of the utmost importance. We run into trouble when people begin inventing their own rules and playing by them. The hardest part of my job was convincing other departments to also do their jobs. And sometimes it was like pulling teeth asking people to perform their duties at even a basic level. Ask a nurse to draw a basic 4-2 blood kit? You get an eye roll. Ask the pharmacy to stay 5 minutes past the end of the workday? Nope, they couldn't do that, they were out at 4.30. The second scenario is the important one for the purposes of this story. That department refuses to stay late. I can understand why they would feel that way and strive to maintain as steady a schedule as possible, but in the world of sick and dying people, sometimes things came up. Mind you, I regularly had to stay an hour or two past the end of my shift to take care of problems and data entry. We could get overtime pay and flex our schedules pretty easily at least in my department. This hospital was in a very snowy metropolitan area, and one time, years ago, we were projected to get a massive blizzard. Every one of us, the nurses, the physicians, the pharmacists, and the coordinators were essential employees, or whatever they called it before COVID popularized the term, and had to come in regardless of the weather. So every one of us should have been planning to be there the next day, even if the weather was awful. We had to call in sick if we missed work for weather reasons. The afternoon before the storm was due to begin, we had a patient in clinic. Typically, patients on this particular research study got a doctor's appointment and then treatment immediately after. However, this individual had a job that made him prefer getting his clinic visit done in the afternoon and his treatment early the next morning. It was unusual, but it wasn't hard to accommodate him. While most of us had accepted our fate of driving in the snow the next morning, the investigational drug department was especially not too excited about the prospect of having to come in during the blizzard. So at 3.30, an hour before the pharmacy closes, they send me a Slack message and ask us what the possibility of doing this patient's treatment today might be so that they don't have to come in for it tomorrow. Really? You're asking us now? This was on your docket all day. Anyhow, I begrudgingly went to find the patient in the waiting room and ask. He wasn't thrilled, but he says he'll do it if he has to. I let the pharmacy know. Then they asked me what the status of the patient was. Clinic was running behind, as usual, and we hadn't cleared the patient for treatment yet. The investigational pharmacy needed at least 20 minutes to prep the drugs needed, so they told us we had until 4pm to get them the signed order. The process for getting a drug order filled involved getting a signed order from a doctor after a patient has been cleared to get a drug, 
walking it outside across the street to the pharmacy, handing the signed prescription to a pharmacist, waiting for the drug, walking it back to the patient in the first building. This was absolutely not going to happen in around 12 minutes. At 4.01, the pharmacy sent me a very rude Slack message, indicating that I'd basically missed my window to get the patient in today and I should do a better job next time. As a coordinator, you got blamed for absolutely everything, even if it was the fault of a doctor who was bad at time management. Their message said something along the lines of, If you don't come up and give a pharmacist the order by 4.05, there's nothing we can do for your patient. In the future, you should get the order signed and over to us ahead of time so we can prep it. Ahead of time, in this case, meant that a patient would have been prescribed a drug but wasn't yet cleared by a doctor to receive that drug. In my training, the pharmacy director told us we were never ever supposed to do this. It was a humongous no-no and would be grounds for a massive lawsuit if anything went wrong. You absolutely don't prep a drug unless the patient receiving it is cleared for treatment by a physician. I really liked the pharmacy director and I messaged her regularly with questions about drugs patients might be considering while on study. But she wasn't super involved in the day-to-day of the pharmacy workers and tended to focus on bigger picture tasks. Hence why her employees were inventing their own rules and demands. Hmm. So I'm supposed to get this patient in today. Right now, eh? Alright, if you insist. So I got the order signed by the physician ahead of seeing the patient. They didn't really give a crap. Next step, and the words of the person who messaged me, was to take it to a pharmacist, eh? You said I had to take it to a pharmacist by 4.05, right? What if, instead of walking it directly to the pharmacy, I took it directly to the pharmacy director? She was still a pharmacist and could do everything the folks in the investigational drug dispensary could do. I told her that we hadn't cleared this patient, but that I'd been urged by the pharmacy to dispense the drug anyhow, so that the patient wouldn't have to come in tomorrow for their treatment. She looked puzzled and asked if the patient rescheduled while in clinic. I told her no, this was at the request of the pharmacy staff, so they wouldn't have to come in during a snowstorm. I showed her the message her employee had sent me. Pharmacy director was unhappy with this, and said someone would just have to stay late if this was the plan. I referred her to the Slack message that said I'd missed my window because they didn't plan to stay late. The director was livid and told me that she personally was going to stay late to make sure this went through. We went to the pharmacy from her office and she intended to scold this employee, but of course everyone was gone. So the two of us went and got the drug at 4.35 and I got it back to the patient. I got a call from him a week later indicating that he actually preferred getting Thursday afternoon treatment instead of having it on Friday morning and wanted to keep that schedule going forward. I relayed this to the head of the pharmacy. I expressed uncertainty with how we'll handle this. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And she said she would get back with me. We all got an email a few days later saying that the investigational drug department would now be staying open until 5.30 and one person would be staying late every day, rotating every day, so that someone could cover late drug orders. But I knew she only had three pharmacists and they were all salaried, not hourly, which meant some of them would be covering more than one late hour a week. I went to get this patient's next dose of drug a few weeks later at about 4.45. The same woman who had asked me to break the rules was working. I asked how she was doing, and she told me she was having to work three 4.30 to 5.30s a week, presumably because she tried to act unethically a few weeks prior. She handed me the pill bottle and slammed the window in my face. And to think, if the pharmacists would have just shut up and done their jobs like they were supposed to, and came in during one snowstorm, they'd still be able to leave at 4.30 every day. If you work in healthcare or health research, don't make your own rules, kids. I don't know about you guys, but if there was ever a job where you don't want them to take shortcuts while processing your order, a pharmacy would probably be high on that list. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? Our next story is, cut my hours, so I worked my scheduled hours. I worked for a large grocery chain. Recently, they've been cutting hours to meet budgets, but expect us to figure out how to get the same amount of work done in less time. The main issue with how they cut hours is that they don't take into account the delivery schedules. On Fridays, I cover the dairy department. Normally an 8-hour shift because we get a delivery and it can come in at any point within a 4-hour window. Some days it's in right when I start, but most days not until after my lunch. In an attempt to save hours, they've been cutting my shift in half, but the morning half, so I've been staying over with permission from the dairy manager to get the work done. A few weeks ago, a lower level manager got mad at me for staying late and ignoring her changes to the schedule. I was fed up at this point. I went from 35 to 38 hours a week to 28. So I said okay and planned to work whatever the schedule said the next week. I made sure to tell the dairy manager I would only work my scheduled hours and got his okay. The Friday came and I was scheduled 4 hours. I came in and worked my 4 hours. The delivery came in and I placed it in the cooler. I had 30 minutes to put out what I could. I left four pallets of goods for the Saturday guy and walked out right on time. The next day I came in to find the Saturday guy in a complete panic because he never has that much work to do. He's very lazy. I knew I had an easy day in my other department, so I let them know I was going to help in dairy. I then walked into the manager's office and offered to help in dairy, and he was elated. Apparently they had no one to put eggs and milk on the shelf the day before and had run out, and the Saturday guy was so behind. I got a pat on the back for my go-getter attitude. Later, the assistant manager asked me about leaving early, and I explained what happened with the other manager, to which I was told to ignore her from then on and just work my eight hours. I was very glad to comply with that. 
and since then my hours have increased every week. I've never understood the idea of trying to compress hours and still expecting the same output just based off of the discouragement of the workers let alone the lower hours. This next story is, cannot claim insurance until you return the keys. For context, back in Australia in 2003, there was a bushfire in our capital city that destroyed a large amount of major suburbs in and around the city. Post this bushfire, some family friends were in government housing, and sadly their house burned to the ground. They barely had time to flee the house with lives and lost all their personal belongings and photos in the house as they got out. As expected, they needed to put in an insurance claim to get the finances to restore a new life and have the house be rebuilt. Now, the government being the amazing and wonderful people they are in Australia are about as good as government in another other red tape first-based country. They had a strict policy that to move out of a government housing place and be placed in a new one, even if at the same physical address, you need to hand back the master keys of the property. My family friends argued that that's stupid as the keys burned with the house and melted into a pool of molten slush. The house foundation was destroyed and there are physically no windows or doors. The government insurance rep stood by the rules. No keys, no claim. They even got a free government aid lawyer to help, but alas, they could not get past this impasse. Eventually, me and my pettiness and r slash malicious compliance mentality came to the rescue. We went to a local locksmith and bought the first blank key off the rack and handed that in. The government rep tried to fight it tooth and nail, saying it wasn't a valid key. Luckily, the lawyer they had hired saw the logic of my plan and argued only that the rule stated the master keys had to be returned. They tried to argue that there was no way these were the official keys. The lawyer dead stared the insurance rep and told them outright that these keys open every lock on the property, and if they doubt it, they're welcome to go out and check in person to confirm. In the end, the insurance rep acknowledged he was beaten, paid up, and my friends got into a new home. The lawyer, I heard, based on the results of our case, went to other clients, and eight months later, the entire street my friends were on had been fully replaced. Lord knows, considering how ridiculous this request was, maybe I'd go with one of those old-school, giant, brass 1800s keys, or God forbid you go to a dollar store and pick up some plastic keys. I assure you, they work. That said, our final story of the day is, I altered my uniform to comply with the dress code in my employee handbook. Back when I, now a 37-year-old female, was younger, with a lot of attitude and a loud mouth, I worked for a nice Italian restaurant in my hometown. I didn't have a single issue with management until seven months into my employment when a male manager joined the team. He was a bit of a misogynist. He would make backhanded comments about women, and he only had issues with the female staff. He wrote me up for some ridiculous reasons, one being opening the dock door was too hard when it was a heavy steel door that you had to put some muscle into to open. He fired another lady who was pregnant for asking to be put into a section closest to the kitchen. She filed a lawsuit and won too. One day, I walked into work. He pulled me into the office immediately and presented me with a write-up slip. It was because I wasn't wearing a belt. The dress code stated, if pants have belt loops, a belt must be worn. Okay, my uniform that day didn't comply with the dress code. The issue was that I hadn't worn a belt in seven months, while he and the other managers never mentioned it. 
In my opinion, the appropriate thing to say would have been, Hey, I see you haven't been wearing a belt and we haven't been enforcing it. Dress code says you must wear a belt if you have belt loops. I'll give you X amount of days to purchase one before I start enforcing. I just got a straight write-up. So I went home and cut off all the belt loops off of all my work pants. The next day, immediately upon walking in, he asked me where my belt was. I pointed to my pants and said, where are my belt loops? The employee handbook stated, if there are belt loops, but I no longer had belt loops. Let's just say it didn't make him like me anymore, but I felt like a hero standing up to him in such a petty manner. I guess you could say that OP found a loophole. That being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 